but it's creating those authentic relationships that are organic and genuine that allow you to move into circles of selling homes to celebrities, selling homes to some of the top CEOs in the world. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchastegui for a quick commercial break. And here is a paid advertisement from a guy whose voice you might recognize. Do you want to invest in real estate without all the work? I mean, like incredible returns, massive tax savings, one of the best inflation hedges of all time without all those headaches that come with it. My name is Brandon Turner, a best-selling real estate author with over a million copies of my book sold. And this here is an ad. That's right, a crummy commercial, but I'm actually not selling anything. I'm offering something. You see, I run a real estate investment company called Open Door Capital, where we acquire what's called value-add real estate nationwide to earn great returns for passive investors just like you. We've acquired hundreds of millions of dollars in mobile home parks and apartments, and we recently sold our first fund where we earned our investors over a 35% internal rate of return. And while our past performance is obviously no guarantee of future results, we do believe our track record speaks for itself. Best of all, we have an amazing deal right around the corner right now. So be sure to sign up for our email list at investwithodc.com to be notified when it's open for investment. That's investwithodc.com. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into real estate. I was reading your, um, your biography and it said you've been doing this for 20 years, essentially investing in real estate and um, love to hear the backstory. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so we started, uh, so I've had my license for about 12 and a half years, but I, um, when I started in college, we realized, uh, renting is expensive and kind of sucks. Right. So, I yes. thought, well, how do I, uh, how do I fix that? And so, you know, I realized, and that was about 2001. And so, you know, things, it was actually in a dip zone as well. So I was able to pick up a property and then live in that, rent out the other room, pay the majority of the mortgage off. And so that was my first little like step into real estate was, well, wait a minute, this is way better. Right. And now I own it. Now I'm building equity. I can take, you know, uh, all these these tax advantages. You can put it in trust. You can rent it from yourself. You could do all kinds of fun things. Not from yourself. You rent it from a trust or your your corporation or whatever. But just in case the IRS is listening. Right. Right. Just just in case anyone's (laughs) listening. Um, But. So it was it was pretty neat. Um, And so, you know, I, I was in education. I've taught in every level of school from. Uh, preschool administrator up through college. Uh, I skipped first through fifth because, you know, save time. But, you know, uh, so I was teaching and I was just doing this on the side. And, you know, for years, that's when uh, Zillow really was becoming Zillow. And 
it was like my guilty pleasure. I would just go on there and search and search. And then as I was moving through college, I was taking classes on how people move, why they move, where they move, what, what the psychology of moving is, how cities grow. And so when I was finishing my master's degree, I was looking at, you know, what I'm going to do after school because you got to do something. And uh, I realized I was getting offered all these great jobs and they all sounded absolutely horrible. I just could not picture doing any of them. You know, I think fundamentally our education system has some fatal flaws in it right now. So I couldn't picture digging into that and fully like embracing it. And I did want to have my own business, right? That whole lie when people think you're going to make your own hours, which, you know, means you just work. <laughs> but, you know, you don't find that out till later. Uh, so, and then later, if you're really smart, you can figure out a way to uh, get scale. And then you still, do, then you don't have to work, you know, all the time anymore. But it's a, it's a, it's a cycle you have to go through there. But anyway, so. You know, and I, I went, okay, well, what are the, like the core, what are my core values and how can I turn that into uh, a career? So I went, okay, I still want to help people, right? Because for most people, buying or selling is the most, the largest financial choice they'll make. Not everybody, like, you know, as you probably saw in my bio, I do a lot of very unique buyers and sellers, celebrities, CEOs. Uh, business juggernauts and so for them it's not the largest financial decision of their life however even for them it's important because if it's where you live it affects every single aspect of your life and if it's an investment it's still building generational wealth and um leveraging for the future and you still have to buy and sell in the right place i've had some clients who are absolutely genius in whatever they do they've built billion dollar companies and they cannot make the right real estate choice to save their life by themselves so that's why they have someone like us who can help guide them to where to go but so i digress so but i was trying to figure out where i could um still help people because I like to look at every interaction of what can I bring, not what can I get. So I could do that. And then my guilty pleasure was Zillow and studying real estate. And I loved it. And I do believe that it is uh, life-changing for generations because if you build generational wealth, you've helped literally generations forwards of your, of your uh, family. And so like one of the things I did when I first got out of college was I, uh, when I first started the business, I had a lot of friends who somehow were um, single moms and, you know, they call me and they go, I'm just struggling to pay the rent. Like there's, there's, th this is hard, you know, living in a one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever, not, not in a, a comfortable situation. And so what I was able to do was show them how if you're paying rent, you could be paying a mortgage because at the time it was still low interest rates, not like a few years ago, but it was low enough that it was less expensive than most rent. And what we were able to do is 
show um, several of my friends how to buy their first home. And then I guided them over the next few years of how to buy, turn that home into their next home. Because obviously your first home is almost never your dream home, right? But if you position it correctly, you can make that your next home, right? And then you can take that wealth build, the cash on cash build, and turn that into another home. So long story shorter, because I'm long-winded, but I apologize. Um, they all live in their dream homes now. And not only do they live in their dream homes for now, but they are creating wealth for their kids. That is amazing. Stable. So, yeah. That's fantastic. I love to that you started with your core values of, okay, this is who I am. This is what I love to do. I love to help people. That was where I started. I actually, when I first got my, my job offer to join uh, my first brokerage, I told my brother, who was, who was the one hiring me, I said, look, real estate agents are just used car salesmen. I mean, that was my perception of the business. And he, it's so funny what you said about this is the largest financial transaction of most people's life. And even for the ultra wealthy who it's not, it's still incredibly important to their present and their future, especially mm -hmm. up from the family perspective. And when he explained that to me, almost in the exact words that you just said, my whole paradigm on real estate just shifted. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a way to make a difference. Whereas most jobs I'm doing, I feel like I'm a cog in a machine. I just feel like um, I'm just working to punch out. But in real estate, I can really make a difference, not only for my family, but for all these other lives that I'm getting to touch and help change. Um, so that that is phenomenal. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about the process that you that you taught those single mothers. I mean, is it renovate and flip? Is it uh, cash out refi? No, actually, we were very simple. It was buy to replace my rent, basically, right? So um, figure out how to, to buy with a low down payment, replace the rent. So you're paying roughly the same every month maybe a little bit more, but you can get it back in deductions and things. Um, and then just hold and wait over a very, you know, just a couple of years, really, because these were people who, they're not necessarily, they weren't necessarily, I'm not going to say they were entrepreneurial in that, hey, we want to go in and do a bunch of work on house. They were already at their max bandwidth, dealing with the job, the kids, et cetera right? So I wasn't trying to add more things to their life. I was trying to, you know, create a vehicle that creates passive income. So literally, um, one of them, actually, their, their, their second to last house, so the one right before their dream house, they did a, a renovation on. But, but most, the, the plan, the, the plan that I designed was basically just buy, hold, wait a few years, sell, buy something better, wait a few years, buy something better. Because the whole point was, you don't have to do work. You don't have to, it's not a new stress. It's not a new job. It's not a new thing you have to learn. Just follow this very simple plan. Live, sleep, right? Take care of your family, work your job, not trying to add any more stress. And just, you know, this is, this is, take advantage of 
appreciation and what 90, more than 90% of millionaires and billionaires have already figured out on earth, which is they're building most of their wealth through real estate. So, you know, very often there's little like, like success leaves clues. And if you look at other people's clues, you don't have to make the same mistakes. You can just, you know, you have an advantage by taking their clues and building on that. So, you know, my whole thing, because that, that was their whole thing. Oh, am I going to have to do a bunch of work? Am I going to? No, just buy at the right price in the right place that fits your lifestyle. Rock that for a few years, sleep, enjoy your life, you know, and then move to your next house. So this was very simple. It could have been done faster with more active things, but that was not the plan because for this specific group, the whole point was don't add more complication to life. Let's just leverage what you're doing. You're already spending the money. So you're paying somebody else's PITI. You might as well pay your own, right? Take care of yourself. Turn Instead of paying a bill every month at the end, take your dollars and change them from green rectangles to the shape of a house. Because that's when you buy a house and you're making payments, that's all you're doing. The only cost is your is your interest and you should be able to figure out a way to deduct that. So I'm not a tax guy, but I'm just saying you should be able to figure that out. So that was the plan. It was simple, no fuss, no muss, you know, as low impact as possible. So that is similar to my career trajectory. I started out um, on basically the lowest end of our market, which is around the 200 to 350 range. And then our market scales up to probably 25 million at the max, right? Mm-hmm. What, what were some you. of your, sorry, what was that? I said, it sounds like I have to come visit you. Yes, you do. Come on down. The beaches are nice and the water's warm. Um, but Amazing. I will tell you this, scaling my business from an average price point of two to 300,000 in the first two years, and now my average sales price is more like 2 million, that took a lot of intentionality in terms of shifting my market knowledge, my business, my client sphere. What did that look like for you going from helping single mothers in the beginning to now working with celebrities and CEOs and business people that are billion dollar corporations? Well, you know, and to be fair, um, <clears throat> I've always kind of worked with a big range, right? Because for me, it was like, I have my passion of wanting to help and grow people and build their wealth. And then at the same time, I also have a love of insane, gorgeous homes. Like I have, you know, I've sold hundred acre properties in Malibu. I've sold, you know, I've been, I've shown some of the most expensive homes in, in the, in the city and had my clients look at it and go, this is cheap garbage. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I have a whole range, but it's kind of all the same for me because I don't come at the real estate uh, from a financial perspective. I mean, I understand the perspective and I know how to leverage it and use it, right? Which is why I'm now also on the board of all these different companies and advisors of different real estate and real estate tech things. But the core of everything is building an organic, authentic relationship, right? So if it's with my CEOs, if it's with my celebrity clients, especially actually with them even more so because um, everybody's coming to sell to them. Not everybody's coming to sell to, you know, someone struggling to pay their rent, right? But everybody's coming to sell to like that used car salesman, like you were describing earlier. 
sell to if if they even smell you might have money right so so the key for me with everything and this is how i do my whole life really is just build an organic authentic relationship try to bring value to the situation i mean yes try to achieve top of mind awareness of course um for the real estate space so have valuable organic authentic things to say to bring to conversations right about the the space but you know it's not like i'm like well this house went up 32% no it's just well this house has an amazing toilet or you know that house there's a secret passageway from upstairs to downstairs that is like a a castle you know just but or oh well the market's probably going to do this shift because of a b and c right so it but it's creating those authentic relationships that are organic and genuine that allow you to move into circles of selling homes to celebrities selling homes to some of the top CEOs in the world selling homes you know and that's one of the reasons like one of the companies that I that I work with that no other agent I think in the country is working with right now it's called Podcast Cola right and that gets me on podcasts which it to me gives me an authentic way to connect with lots of people who I wouldn't have connected with before right and so I do that and then I I um you know I built my whole business actually off of social media originally so you know I was new and I knew the single moms and I knew a few people but I didn't know that many people and so I was like okay how do I really reach and and service my sphere so I was on Facebook cuz back then Facebook was free and you could market all you want and it wasn't marketing though it was just I was sitting there cuz I didn't know what to do I didn't like door knocking I don't like calling you know I mean I've door knocked six homes I got five listings I should probably do it more but I just hate it and I don't like when people come to my door and I usually just would door knock like homes around the homes I was selling so it was like people I was hopefully going to run into anyway and I didn't want them to originally I was door knocking because I'm like I don't want them to think I'm robbing this house <laughs> which a little funny but I I really thought that cuz I'm like I don't know like I'm just this guy like sneaking around a house and then I'm inside of it like mm. so I wanted the neighbors to know me right and I just happened to get listings that way so it was great but as a as like a business plan it's not really my jam right you got to do like for for your clients they have to trust you they have to know you they have to think you're smart but you also have to flow with them right mm-hmm. you got to flow you got to vibe you have to have uh tactical empathy you have to attune whatever you want to call it you know chris boss calls it tactical empathy mark goldstein calls it listening in call it whatever you want but you have to connect with your clients right and so when i'm door knocking if i'm door knocking like more homes you're going to know i'm not i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling the vibe so it's just not yes. the way to go but so when i started with it was it was amazing because facebook i realized i was reaching all these people and all my friends organically authentically just by accident so i was like oh well wait a minute okay well now if i could do this intentionally <laughs> i could really maybe do something special here so and originally back then nobody was using uh social media for for marketing and other agents were like you're you're doing the wrong thing you're going to fail you're a joke there's no way you know you're going to be out of the business in 2 years and then 
when they saw how much I was selling, they turned around and went, oh, <laughs> um, can you can you kind of show us what you were doing, actually? Like, is there? And I was like, oh, I've been showing you, but now I'm busy. I'm working. So, you know, I still do trainings and help people every way I can. But, um, you know, it, it was so. But the, the reason I was able to do that was to, because I wanted to organically, authentically connect with people. And it just happened by accident. And then I built a whole business out of social. And then it was social media, social interactions, social farming, if you will, because I don't do geographic farming. So it was, social, it, was, it was connecting with people, figuring out ways to either meet them in person, get them on the phone. You know, all of our marketing really is to guide to in-person because if you're not getting in-person, you're not selling them house, right? So, you know, there was a lot of, of steps in the journey, but a lot of it was organic. And I feel like being able to create authentic relationships with people and guide them either from in-person to in-person or from online to in-person, that was the key. That's the key for the whole business that I run. So, and that's what I'm so we've to got a team too. I think that's brilliant. I mean, so my brother is, he's 30 years old. He's sold over a billion dollars in his short career. He's absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the, the messaging he always preaches to our team, especially our younger agents is the purpose of your phone call especially your cold calling, or maybe it's a warm lead, but you don't know them very well. The purpose of that interaction is ultimately to get them in person and to meet them and to put a face with the name, because yep. that's when you build, like you said, that organic connection. You guys can feel each other's vibe, right? You can, you can see if you work well together and yeah, I mean, that in-person face-to-face, it's the one thing we can't automate in our business, everybody's always trying to automate everything, but that's the one thing that's the lifeblood of real estate. And I love that you, uh, you figured that out so early on. It took me a while. It's the key. And, you know, it, it's, you know, one of my clients, he unintentionally taught me something very, very, very valuable. He goes, look, I do everything on the vibe, right? It's the vibe. And so, and at first I was like, sounds a little woo-woo. You know, like, but I get it, but I get it. Cause I do everything on the vibe too. I just never called it the vibe, right? Yeah. It's the way you feel. It's the way you connect with somebody, you know? I mean, very often within the first few seconds of knowing somebody, I'm like, I know if we're going to be friends or not. I know if this is going to work out or not. You know, sometimes I still go forwards, even though I, it's doomed from the start, but <laughs> we are, I'm also stubborn. So there's a trade-off there. <laughs> I don't like to lose. I How like do you... And when you go forward, because I've had those situations too, where I'm like, oh, I can just tell we do not click, but mm -hmm. I really want this listing or I really want to make this sale. And, and I'm, I want to help you guys too, even though we're not great for one another, maybe personality wise. Yeah. How do you go about those interactions or, or have you regretted that in the past? And maybe now it's, it's just like a, hey, if we don't vibe or click, we don't work together. Yeah. You know, I have a... It's hard to do that, right? But I have a system where I'm like, oh, great. You know what? I can recommend someone great for you, mm. right? Because especially now that the, the market's de-escalating, right? Things are not going up 20% a year. Some markets are still fire. I mean, LA, your market, 
you know, the, your whole state really, except for a few little pockets, you know, you're lucky you're not in Austin right now because Austin is, is in for a huge correction. But, um, you know, it, we're going to have more difficult conversations with people, right? It's going to be more of the, do you want to sell your house or do you want to list your house? It's an important difference, right? So that's a good line. It's write that down. That is a good line. Do you want to sell it or do you just want to list it? Right. (laughs) Well, because I, I, and I had this woman the other day, um, her and her husband actually, and I said, look, um, here's the price. This is what we have to list your price at, your house at. And she's like, "Mm, I really wanted more. And I'm like, okay, great. Do you want to list your house or do you want to sell your house? Because, you know, I'm here to sell. I'm not here to list. Right. If you just want to list, I can recommend someone great. But that's the key because people realize they, they get lost. They get a little confused. And, oh, well, if I list it for this much, then I'm going to get that much money. But no, if they want to sell their house, here's the sales price. You can list it all you want and then you can wait and chase the market down and get and, and sell it for less later if you really want to make a mistake. That's fine. But so. Um, you know, I, when I have conversations with clients, good, bad, or otherwise, I want to have that connection because if I don't, uh, it's not as productive. The client gets more frustrated and annoyed. They don't feel cared about, you know, so it's very important to create that, that connection. And if not, you know, I've, I've walked away from $10 million listings before because I'm like, this is just not, not going to work. I already know. And, you know, I don't want to spend my time and money on a project that, A, is going to shorten my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> life is too short. You need to, you know, and B, what a lot of agents don't realize is that's going to waste, it's going to cost you money. Because if you're spending yes. time on deals that are not happening, that you're having to waste so much time talking to the clients, going back and forth with clients, that's costing you other business unforeseen business that you didn't even see because you waste your time on this and you lost business you never even got to touch which was probably great business nathaniel that's brilliant that is such a good point because i i'll tell you even i mean i've been doing this a while now i've been i've been full-time for six years and um, i've got over 100 million in sales and yet i still fall into that trap sometimes it's it's gotten less and less over the years but I had a listing recently for, it was 3.6 million. It was a waterfront home. It was beautiful. I loved the house. I really loved the people. We, right. we clicked well. Me and the wife got along better than, than the husband and I. But I could, I could start to feel as, as the days on market ticked up because they insisted on pricing it about 10% higher than where I'd recommended. And I knew I was like, this isn't going to sell. And what I told him was, look, guys, I'm happy to shout that from the rooftops to work it as hard as I can to market it with every tool I've got. But if in 30 days we don't have offers on the table or we haven't had a lot of showings, the market is speaking to us and, and letting us know we're overpriced. And so 30 days rolls around. They don't want to change the price. And they had, they had agreed at the beginning, we'll change the price. 60 days rolls around. They don't want to change the price. 90 days rolls around and now they're starting to blame me for the fact that it hasn't sold. I'm starting to feel frustrated because they're not following my advice. And long story short, I mean, I probably showed the house 20 times. We had a lot of frustration. I wasted a lot of hours. And guess what? We went our separate ways. We decided we weren't a good fit as, as the tension started building. And had I just 
realize what you just said, man, sometimes you, it, it's, it's actually beneficial to let something go. I just saved myself a lot of heartache. Not just that, but you probably would have got other deals that actually closed in that time. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm kicking myself. I'm like, man, all those leads I could have been nurturing instead of showing that house. I know. But then, you know, once you're in it, it's like, well, now I'm this far in, I might as well get it done. But, you know, at 90 days, if there's something good that happened, they're going to feel like it's because they have a great house. If there's something bad that happened, it's your fault. That's the bottom line. They, they, the, <laughs> if something good happened, they have a great house. They did a great job. They hired the right people. They designed the house correctly. But and if the agent something wrote the goes offer. wrong, it's 100% the agent's fault. And they're horrible. And, oh, my gosh, poor me. I hired the wrong. I, I have the wrong agent, and I'm stuck with them. Right. But th that's also one of the reasons you have to attune and like really connect with your clients, because the truth is it's a partnership. Everybody has to come to the table. They have to price the house where it's recommended. You know, if you give them suggestions, like I had one, <laughs> I had one, it was a beautiful house and it was a divorce situation. And the, uh, there was just something. And I was really like good friends with the husband. And I was getting to know the wife, the ex-wife. They still live together. So it was, it was a little bit funny. That's awkward, um, yeah. But for some reason, every time I would come over, she'd be cooking fish. Really, really strong smelling fish. And so, I mean, you know, it was funny because she's like, they're like, okay, so she's going to move out in two months. But hopefully the house is sold by then. And the house was priced a little high but not not too bad and we did do one price reduction and i'm like you know and luckily I, I attuned with them like i connected with the wife eventually like we became friends everything was good so that's great and then uh, i was already you know really good friends with the husband so that was good but you know i just kept telling him you know there's just a few things that are off there's a few things that are off and literally the week that she moved out and stopped cooking fish, I sold the house. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was I believe 48, it. Hours. 48 hours after <laughs> she moved out, I sold the house, no more fish. It was great. So you were saying your, your formal training is in education. I actually got my degree in psychology. Mm. And one of the most powerful things I've taken with me in my real estate career, among many things from that degree is that of our five senses, all the other four besides smell have to go through this little router in our brain and then get sent out to the places that are going to process the info. Right. Smell has a nerve that runs directly into the memory center of the brain. Mm -hmm. So smell has this really visceral, powerful reaction. And I will frequently, if, if I go into a listing appointment and there's a fish smell or someone's a smoker or, or there's pet odor everywhere, something like that, you know, just a, a, an off smell. I tell them that I'm like, look, of your five senses, smell is the most visceral, primal, powerful sense we have. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, it stinks a little bit in here <laughs> and we're going to need to address it before going live because I can't get buyers past the front door like this. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I actually just had that yesterday where the, um, it was still occupied by tenants and 
you know, I don't have the strongest sense of smell, but I grew up with cats and I grew up with this and I grew up with, so I'm kind of like, hmm. but uh, this woman, she was actually pregnant. So oh. heightened, heightened, heightened smell. And we walked in and she's like, beautiful place, beautiful house, gorgeous, not going to work, stinks like cats, got to go. And it was literally like an eight minute walk around and I'm out. And we went outside and she's like, oh, I feel so much better. It smelled so horrible in there. Um, I couldn't, I, could, I can't, I can't even go back there because every time I go back in there, I'm just going to think of that smell now. Even if the smell yes. is gone, I'm totally out. So you're absolutely right. It's a visceral reaction. And, and actually, a lot of things are visceral reactions in real estate. And it's either, you know, it's like nobody's going to remember the square footage of the house, but they're going to remember how it made them feel when they walked in. Right? Yes. And they're going to remember the way it felt when they walked up and the way the, the breeze hit them. And, you know, so, so the feeling and that the visceral reactions are going to be remembered. The square footage, this price, the, maybe the name of the city, not so much. You know, so, you know, the, even that client I was telling you about, he goes, I walk into a house. If I feel the vibe, we continue. If not, we can go. He was actually very I like considerate. That guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's actually a great guy. Uh, and and he, he's very considerate because he, after the first couple houses that he didn't like, he goes, hey, uh, is it rude if we just leave? I'm like, no, no, it saves everyone time. Like, You're like, no, know. please. Because <laughs> yeah. well, we're walking in, you know, seven, eight, nine million dollar houses. So these are not small houses, right? You're going to spend mm -hmm. 45 minutes just getting through every room. So he's like, is it rude if I, if I don't like the house? Can I just go? I'm like, oh, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah, you just, just tell me. I mean, you don't have to be like, hey, this house sucks. Let's go. He's like, yeah, not going to work. I'm like, cool. You know, saves everybody time. Nobody wants 45 minutes showing for a house you know is not going to work. Right? But it's about yeah. the way it makes you feel. And, you know, that's the biggest difference as price becomes less and less important. It's how the whole house makes you feel, makes you... I mean, it's important for everybody. But once price is out of the, off the table, it's like, you know, how does it make you feel? How... How does it work for you? Like years ago, I, um, I did a research project back in my former life, as I call it, in education, um, like your former life in, in psychology. Yeah. Which really, we still use both those things every day, but that's okay. All the time. Like it's, it's far, far away from us. So, um, and I did a, a project on the importance of green space, right? So, so the importance of the use of green space. Uh, not the importance, because it was already established that it's important and healthy for you, but it was about who uses it and what are the factors that determine how you use it. And it was all about accessibility and proximity. It wasn't about if you like being healthy. It wasn't about if you like, um, if you like outdoors or you, you have a dog. I mean, you could guess any of those things, but it was just about are you close to it and is it easy to get to? So it becomes more and more about are the things you like close to you and are they easy to get to as money becomes less and less important, right? And so, and, and how does it feel? How does it feel? How can I brag to my friends about my cool new house, right? Is it going to be a good wealth builder? Not a good cash flow, but a good wealth builder. So these are all things that, you know, 
a lot of people don't think about. They think about when, you know, you look at a house and a lot of people are going to come to you and go, great, what's the price for square foot? Like, you're not, you're not buying an office, right? Yeah. Office, it's all about numbers and the money that doesn't make sense is enough. But your house, it's about all these intangibles and even more so in the luxury space, right? As you know, as you moved into it, right? We both had to learn, okay, now the style of the house is really important or these cool little features could be the selling factors because it doesn't matter if it adds $100,000 or takes $100,000 off this price because now that's not the concern. The concern is, is it cool? Does it mm -hmm. look good? Can I have fun parties here? Does it feel good when I walk through my house? Do I, you know, can I, can I function my business mentally out of here? Does it, does it help my psychology? Right. Because I would say, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'd, I'd say just... too the ability to articulate those, those features, right. The ability mm -hmm. to notice like in, in our market, for instance, pecky cypress is huge. It's this, it's this accent wood that just pops off the page when you see it. And if you know what it is and you can tell the story of it, it's actually fascinating. Um, cypress wood is one of the most durable, fire-resistant, pestilent-resistant. It's one of the best building materials you can use on the planet. Wow. But pecky cypress is unique because it's farmed from cypress trees that have fallen into rivers and they sit in the river for like a hundred years and they get these natural grooves in them. So no one piece is, is the same as the next. And it's beautiful when it comes together in a space. And when you can articulate that to a client and give them that emotional connection, I would say facts tell, stories sell. And so was that one thing that helped you in, in branching out into that luxury space was studying and being able to then articulate some of those finer details to your clients? Absolutely. In fact, I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a nerd in that if you want, I always tell people, if you want those, if you want random facts, like I always call them useless facts, but they're not really useless, but if you want random facts about an area, about um, how the a material in the house, about why a house is built a certain way and used to be built another way, about sometimes even why building codes were changed or what caused that change or what's the advantage or disadvantage that you have now. I have so much of that knowledge that, because it, it's what I do for my like guilty pleasure, right? Like, like I live in a place called Tarzana, right? And they might sound a little familiar because there's this well-known book called Tarzan. And the author, Edgar Rice Burroughs, used to own the majority of what's now the city of, or the, the, yeah, the, city, the town of Tarzana, right? And his original house is still there. And I drive, whenever I have somebody buying in or selling in Tarzana, I drive by his house and go, that was the original house. That's Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan. He actually, I believe he wanted to name the city Runnymede, not Tarzana, but they decided Tarzana was more marketable because nobody knows what Runnymede is. And even now, nobody knows what it means because it, you know, uh, so, um, you know, and like, I have all these facts and people are go, oh, okay, because it, 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 you know, clues you in. Like, I was just talking about this area yesterday. Um, I was talking with some people who live in the area of, it's called Chatsworth Lake Manor. It's here in the San Fernando Valley in LA. And there's this huge 
lake that is drained now and it's it's uh blocked off and they have all these weird little um chopped up properties like there's like there was a house and i sold a property and then next door to the property there was a 500 square foot triangle it was triangle basically with a shed on it and i'm looking at going who would think like i need a triangle in my life (laughs) right like how does that happen but it turns out that that and that whole area has been shaped this way. It has all these weird properties, all this stuff, and it's because that lake used to be the top hunting place in the state, one of the top oh. places to hunt the big three. So um, you know, bears and mountain lions and um, I guess elk was here. Um, but because there was such a demand to hunt there, you had to own land to get a hunting license. So people would buy these weird little triangles or squares, just stick their shed on it and go, great, now I can get a hunting license. I can keep my guns or my boat here, and now we're good to go. But if you don't know that, you're just looking at this area like, why is this, you know, what is going on here? There's like a clubhouse for the Hells Angels. There's all these weird chopped up properties. And then years ago, there was a large... um, there was a large uh, car dealership. And one of the things they would do to entice you to buy a car is they give you an acre of land in this area. Buy, a, buy some land, here's a deed. Buy some land, I mean, buy, buy a car, here's some land. Buy a car, here's some land. So there's all these weird properties that people own that have been in, in, in families for generations and nobody really understands why they were ever acquired. And that's why they bought a car at some point. I don't know. Granddad gave me this triangle. We don't know what to do with it, but we own a triangle in California. Exactly. We own this triangle in California. We pay property taxes on it. Yeah. Who knows? That's amazing. And I love to, when you know those little details, it's, it's a very organic and subtle way to build your credibility as a market expert. And I think it really does, like you said, I mean, it's all about those organic relationships and a lot of agents, they'll get on the phone and they'll do exactly what you said earlier. Hey, your property's gone up by this percentage. Do you want to sell? And they're like, okay, I have Zillow. Like you didn't give me anything I didn't already know, exactly. right? But then when you can bring those kind of details into the conversation, you look different. You set yourself apart. They go, oh, this guy's not breathing commission breath on me and trying to sell me on something. He's mm-hmm. just an expert in our market. Maybe I want to talk to him a little more. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the other thing is the mindset. I know it sounds, I'm not like a big, you know, motivational, like thing guy, like, you know, uh, I get there's a place for, you know, the Tony Robbins, but like, I, I would just suggest everybody read a book called the motivation myth. And it'll show you how to really keep yourself authentically motivated because the firewalk's great, but then you have a big drop after the firewalk sort of stuff. But but the mindset is really important. That, that is accurate. I think people overuse the word mindset, but um, the mindset's very important. And to have a mindset of, of abundance, not a mindset of scarcity in our business is so important. In fact, I met a guy the other day and he had one of the most unique pitches that I had heard, which it makes sense, but I'd never heard anyone use it. And I'll share it with you. It's... Um, you know, he was trying to get me to refer him business to another state, right? So agent to agent. And he goes, look, last year I sold 
you know, 29 homes or something. He had a number. I don't remember the number, but he goes, but that's more than once a month, right? So you can let your client know, I'm not counting on their, their commission. I'm not counting on that commission check. I'm not here waiting desperately to get that money. I'm good. I sell more than one house a month. I think he was actually selling three a month, which is great in a lot of markets. That's insane. So, um, you know, he was selling more than especially luxury houses. markets. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly it just really helps me never drop a ball because it, it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race of Follow-Up Boss. Purely objective, Follow-Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. And so he was selling more than a couple of months and he goes, look, you can tell them. I'm not worried about when their house closes. I'm going to do the best job. I'm going to give them the white glove service. I'm not going to worry about that check closing. If it check if it closes this month or next month, I don't care. I'm good. I've been making money. I have a savings. I have, you know what I mean? He goes, you a lot of agents only close one house a month or less and they need that money. They're counting on that money to pay their next bills. My bills are paid. You can let them know. I have the knowledge of this market. And I'm going to give them all the service in the world because I'm, I don't have to worry about when their house closes because I know I have other ones closing anyway. And I've been closing. So it, to me, I mean, it makes sense, right? But I'd never heard it put that succinctly as, look, 
I'm selling multiple houses a month. I don't need yours. Yeah. Right? I'll never forget. I was in DC with one of the top agents in that market, which is obviously a very competitive market. We were driving around in his car. He was showing us some of his, his product and kind of teaching us about DC. And he was on a call with the CEO of some massive global company. And he said something very similar. He said, I want you to know I'm financially secure and I don't need this deal. So the advice I'm giving you is genuine. And, and hopefully we don't have to say that to, to come across as genuine, but sometimes in the heat of battle, when things are tense, people do question, okay, is my agent just check chasing? Is he just trying to get the thing closed? And it can help to have that ace in the hole of like, look, I'm good. I'm, I'm not doing this for me. I care about you guys. And that's that truthfully, if you want to build an organic relationship, there is no better way than authentic advice especially when it's not about you. Sometimes telling someone not to take a deal is better for your career because they'll send you four more down the road now that they trust you. Right. Have you have you had any, you know, experiences in that in that arena where it's like, "Hey, this was a little counterintuitive in terms of the advice I gave, but it really panned out." Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have I have people that Actually, sometimes they still buy, but um, <laughs> but I, I I I'm much. I always tell people I'm going to be much faster to tell you to not buy something, or why it's a bad idea, or all the pitfalls than you know trying to push you to buy something because ultimately, I am building a relationship where you're stuck with me, right? I always tell people you're stuck with me, so. So I want you to be happy because if in four years you realize this was not the right choice, even if I had no responsibility and the reason you made the wrong choice, you're going to blame me. It's going to be my fault. So I, I, I caution people all the time. In fact, I have a guy who moved here from Australia years ago. And he goes, look, 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 just get me a place. I don't care. Just get me a place. Um, it's kind of roughly in this area. Here's my price point. Just get me a place. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You have never lived here. He goes, I know, I know, I know. I live a lot of places. Don't worry about it. Like, I don't know. Okay. But let's sit back a minute. Take a second. Just take a beat here. And let's look at what you actually want. Right? Like, what are your values? Why do you want to live in a certain place? What are you trying to do? He goes, oh, well, you know, and he was an athlete. He was a professional athlete. He goes, well, I got to go to the gym every day. And I don't want to have to drive and sit in traffic. And, da, 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 and he actually had a lot of very specific needs. And so, you know, I delayed him probably two to three weeks from seeing the first place. Because I said, look, we just have to, you know, figure out the right place. Also, if we're just running around looking at a bunch of houses you'd hate, it's wasting your time and mine. And you're going to get pretty annoyed with me pretty quick. And I'm going to be frustrated because it was a waste of time. So because I took that little bit of extra time and slowed him down, which he didn't love, I got to tell you, he was a right now guy. But because I did that, he ended up in a place he was so happy with that he called me even years later, he still was referring me to business because he goes, you know, I was so happy where I was. And you're absolutely right. I went and visited those areas I had told you I don't care if I live in and I would have been miserable there. 
that was absolutely, I'm so glad you slowed me down and focused me and helped guide me to where I needed to be, even though I didn't know where I needed to be. Right. That so. is so important. Just the questions on the front end. If you take that time on the front end to dial people in, mm-hmm. I had a similar experience. They said, I want to be on the water. I don't care where. And that's, I mean, they were talking about a 30, 40 mile stretch, which in our area takes like an hour to drive that far. And so it's a very broad spectrum. And so I started asking questions. He's like, look, 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 I don't care. I don't care what it is. It just needs to be on the sand. Okay. I understand that. But let me ask a few clarifying questions here. All of a sudden it was, well, I need a pool and I need a yard and I need this much space and this much land. And I'm like, okay, there are a million places that have none of that. So we've already eliminated like half the inventory. And the worst thing in real estate is when you're new and you don't know any better, you don't know the the questions to ask and you show people like 20 homes, you're Mm -hmm. both burnt out, exhausted and frustrated and they don't buy because it's just too much. It's overwhelming. So that, I mean, Daniel, that's amazing. (laughs) Right. They either, they don't buy or they just buy with somebody else because they're like, I don't know. Obviously this guy doesn't have what I need. So we got to go. Yeah. Screw that guy. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what I want. It's like, if you just ask the questions, you'd have had it. Well, it's like, even here, you know, I actually have a, uh, I have a questionnaire that uh, either I fill out like without pointing it out necessarily, or I'll just hand them a questionnaire. Hey, fill this out. Especially if I have a a couple, right? Because very often couples are complicated because they have different ideas of what the right house is. And, and they don't always realize that. No, they very often do not realize that they have very different ideas of what the houses they want are. So what I've done sometimes, sometimes I just write it down, right? And I kind of put it side by side. But a few times it's been very effective as I hand them both a questionnaire and I say, fill this out in separate rooms, mm-hmm. right? Then just send it back to me. Don't talk about it with each other. Just send it back to me and then we can all talk about it together. And it's illuminating what people think. And, you know, I have like, what's your deal killer? What's your absolute necessary thing? What are you okay to compromise on? Right. And, and sometimes because when I was new, I took out a bunch of couples and I'm like, this is never going to work. How do I ever get these guys to agree on anything? I don't, I don't know. So I realized if they both you know, and I'm like, well, do you guys not discuss things? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I, I thought you guys go live together. So maybe you talk about what you want, where you want to live, but maybe not. So, but putting it in a questionnaire was great because then everybody could physically see and hear because we're discussing it. Hey, here are my non-negotiables. Oh, okay. Well, here are my non-negotiables. Well, here's things we can compromise on. And then once you, you kind of establish that as the agent, I can help guide because I know where that, that property is going to be. Or I can tell them, no, you guys should just get divorced. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a thing. Like, you have to guide people where they want to go. Or I have people call me all the time because you know, Calabasas here is right next to Malibu, which is one of the biggest global destinations for uh, investment, for living. You know, you know, it's a huge global location basically destination and people call me all the time. I just want to be on the sand or I just want to be on the beach. Okay. Well, Malibu is 27 miles long and it spans two different counties 
And there's all different kinds of beaches. Some have sand. Some have sand some of the time. Some have sand all the time. Some have no sand. Right? Sometimes you're on a rock above the water. But you have to, and, and most people think, oh, well, I just want to be near the water or on the sand. But even if you're across the street from the sand, it's a multi-million dollar difference. So mm -hmm. suddenly you really have to, you know, focus in on, do I want to be near Santa Monica? Do I want to be near Oxnard? <laughs> right? And, and figuring that out is amazing because I've had people show up and go, this, sometimes it's just a rental, luckily for them, but this is not at all the house that I thought I was getting. I'm like, well, I tried to explain to you, you're 40 minutes from where the location you're, you say you want to be every day. So, you know, that's, that's an important thing to, to know about. Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchistegui for another quick commercial break. But this is something a lot of you guys have been asking about. When we had our mastermind in May, we had a lot of people ask us about coaching, about how can we continue this process? Because so many of the people, so many of you guys out there listening to the podcast, you don't have resources where you are. You don't have other people nearby that can be mentors for you, that you can bounce ideas off of. And this business can be really, really lonely if you're not doing it with other people. So we have just now launched a great program for you and it's just Hyman Digital Coaching. It's it's Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. And here's what we do. We've got a we've got a spot you can go to. You go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching. We have individual one-on-one -on -one coaching where if you sign up, we match you up with a coach and we figure out like who's going to be the best coach for you for a couple calls a month. It's not that much money. It's I think it's going to be 950 bucks a couple calls a month with a coach that's been where you're going and they're gonna try to help you. And then we also have group coaching for a lot less where you can sign up and you can get in group coaching with groups of 10 and we can do calls every couple weeks uh, with different people that'll guide you through that process. So if you've been getting a lot from this mastermind, but you think you would get a little bit more for some one-on-one -on -one coaching from somebody who is has been exceeding in real estate, go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching and sign up. We can't wait to find somebody to help you. But yeah, attuning, but it all really comes back to what we were talking about. Attuning with the client, figuring out mm -hmm. what they want. Because once you create that organic, natural connection, it's much easier. I have a client. In fact, he's a big musician. And I just told him, you know what? Stop coming with me. He's like, what? Like, look, this, you're a very busy guy. I know what you want now. Stop coming with me. I'll tell you when I find the house. He's like, okay, sounds great. Years ago, I remember I, I had a friend. She's a doctor. And she is still a doctor, actually, I think. But when I call her and I'm just like, hey, I found your house. And it was months. We'd looked at every house. We'd look at like a little gingerbread house. We looked at the house. We're pretty sure there was bodies buried in, in the front of that, the yard, like, We've looked at all kinds of wild things. And I just call her, leave work. I found your house. She goes, what are you talking about? I haven't even seen it. I don't, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you get here at lunch or not? Okay, okay, I'm coming. She showed up. She's like, mm, you're absolutely right. You found my house. We bought it. She's owned it ever since. Very happy. She still loves telling the story. 
That's fantastic. All her friends, all her doctor friends. So there you go. That's the, and that's how you create that sphere is what I found is once you do a great job for one person in that ideal client base, you want to work. Like if you're trying to make that transition from lower end to higher end or um, from residential to more of an investment minded buyer, once you do great with one of them, they introduce you to their friends because then they look like a rock star for knowing the great agent. Right. I I do a similar thing with the questionnaire. I I love your version better though. I think it's, it's a more polished than mine, (laughs) but I will give people like a T chart, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I'll write their name on one side of the paper and and, and the husband's on on the other, right. And I'll just say, list everything you want at home. And I'll tell them, pretend it's grade school. Don't cheat off each other's paper. This is your list. They'll do it and, and they'll think, okay, my job is done. Right. That's all I had to do. And I'll say, great. Now, star the three things on your list you can't live without. If it doesn't have it, we're not buying it. And they go, oh, crap. (laughs) That's when things get real. And they always end up, couples, like you said, they don't even know what the other one wants, even though they think they do. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you can't have a house without a pool. I thought we talked about this. And so I will take their criteria and I'll plug it into the MLS search system. I'll say, okay, look, we've got 4,000 properties market-wide. Watch how quickly we eliminate things that don't work for you. And we'll end up with maybe 20 homes once I plug in their criteria. Then I go through those 20 with them and I say, okay, this won't work because of the, you know this neighborhood doesn't fit you for X, Y, and Z reasons. All of a sudden, we got five houses that they need to see that they're the only five that work. And now we're not doing the 20 property showings. Everyone's burnt out. We're just picking our favorite out of five. Right. It's way better. Or, you know, in current market, you pick the favorite out of two. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, listen, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we've gone a little bit over here, but Nathaniel, where can people find you if they want to know more about your business or connect with you? Oh, well, the best way is they could start at my Instagram. It's uh, Getzel's Group, G-E-T. Z-E-L-S, then the word group, G-R-O-U-P, Getzel's group. And it has my phone number, my email, probably has my blood type there. I mean, everything online is everything everywhere. Uh, But yeah, and then you can DM me. It goes directly to me. Or you can call me at uh, my phone number as well, which is listed. And uh, those are the best ways to get me. Email is the least uh, effective way to get me because I, as you know, get as you do as well, get thousands of emails a day, but texts are still open. And even for marketing purposes, text is the best for most people in general, because I think like 90% of your texts are opened. So little tip, if any agents are listening as well, text. There you go. Listen to the end for the nuggets. I like that. Well, Nathaniel, I appreciate you, sir. It has been a pleasure. And I know where I'm sending my LA buyers when I get them. I can't wait. And uh, as I always tell people, your buyers will thank you. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. 
The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.